Newswired. Welcome, everybody, to a live edition of Newswired. I'm your man, Free. I'm joined with my man, B, and we are live inside the Air Quote studio in a brand new location. Just moved into these new digs. Looking pretty good. Uh, we've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the uh, ongoing struggles against the dictatorship of Nicolas Maduro in uh, Venezuela. We're also going to be talking about uh, the crackdown of the government of Rodrigo Duterte in the Philippines, as well as a bunch of local and international news stories as well. Uh, we're live here. It's Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. If you want to get at us, you can get us on the internet at G Radio YG and join the conversation if you so choose. B, how you doing tonight, man? Pretty good. Feeling pretty, pretty good. good. Feeling yep. pretty good. Summer. Yeah. It's the first episode of August, you know, last episode before Shambhala, I believe. I guess you just dropped out of that one. That's too bad. I know I'm going to be going. Always yeah, a good time. No more Sean for me. Bam. Um, I guess we can get right down to it. First story we have tonight is uh, there is a lot of political tension going down down in Venezuela. Uh, the people are revolting. The people are becoming starving. And they're fighting back against the government dictatorship of Nicolas Maduro. All right. A little bit of uh, background on Venezuela. Venezuela is a country in South America. Uh, it was relatively poor. It's a colonial country, just like uh, a lot of the other countries in the region, uh, until the 1920s when it discovered it had colossal oil reserves. The oil reserves it had are not just regular oil reserves. It is huge. They are one of the, they have the biggest, in fact, oil reserves on Earth, and they became one of the biggest oil exporting countries in the world. Uh, as soon as they found that, a bunch of oil companies moved in, uh, started developing it right away. Uh, they became members of OPEC in the 1970s when that was formed. OPEC, of course, being an oil court cartel uh, known as the oil pro uh, producing, the, the organization of petroleum exporting countries. There it is. Uh, it is the only non-Arab OPEC member country and it is the only non-Muslim uh, OPEC member country as well. Following the 90s, uh, Hugo Chavez was elected on a populist socialist platform of bringing the oil wealth back to the people of Venezuela and enacted a whole bunch of social uh, socialist reforms to the, the economy. And uh, Venezuela became a much wealthier country. As it became wealthier and wealthier, their dollar went up or their it's called the Bolivar, their currency. It became more and more expensive. It pushed out a lot of agricultural and mining goods. Um, just because it became more expensive and Venezuela became essentially an, a petro state. This was going great throughout the 90s and the early 2000s under Chavez because the oil price was really high. But then after, what was it, 2013, 2014, uh, the oil prices, global oil prices kind of collapsed and it had a dramatic impact on Venezuela. Since about 20, 2013, uh, Nicolas Maduro has taken control of the country. Uh, he kept a lot of the same platforms as, Venezuela, as uh, Chavez did. Uh, going forward, and with uh, with declining oil revenues, the socialist programs it was became very hard to to afford, and it's thrown the country into turmoil. Um, a little bit about Nicolas Maduro. He brawled his way up from the mean streets of Caracas as a bus driver. He became a, a trade union or, uh, leader, similar to Jimmy Hoffa. He was elected to the National Assembly and became the foreign minister under Hugo Chavez in 2006. He was then named as the successor to Hugo Chavez by the man himself when he was diagnosed with cancer and uh, was expected to take his place when he eventually passed away. Hugo Chavez, after his remission of cancer, he did die in March on March 5th of 2013, uh, and Maduro assumed the presidency. At the beginning of his reign, oil prices were very high, and he had to he could maintain the spending levels required for the socialist programs as well as the corruption that is rampant in Venezuela. But over the last few years, oil prices have gone down and it's become very expensive to maintain the country. 
when he after his uh, was initially the um, interim president of Venezuela, and then he had the constitution called for a general election. Uh, he ran against a, a guy named uh, a capitalist named Enrique Capriles and won with fifty one point five percent of the vote. Uh, which was just a 1.5 percent of the mar of the margin. Uh, it was immediately called as a a false vote, and they demanded a recount. And it's been turmoil ever since. On October 24th, 2013, he announced the creation of a new agency called the Vice Ministry of Supreme Happiness, which is a social program to try to to get people happy and to to try to bring up the standard living. It sounds pretty Orwellian, though. You know, it's like the Ministry of Peace, <laughs> the Ministry of Love. Ironically enough, Venezuela sits at the top of the misery index, which is an economic index that tracks uh, unemployment and inflation. Uh, on May 2nd, 2016, opposition leaders handed in a petition to the National Electoral Council calling for a uh, recall referendum with a populist vote to vote on whether to remove Maduro from office. And then on July 5th, 2016, the Venezuelan intelligence services detained five opposition activists involved in, rec in recall referendum with two other activists of the same party. Uh, the party was named Popular Will, and they were also arrested. Uh, Maduro lost control of the legislature in a landslide vote, but he packed the Supreme Court with judges to ensure his place as dictator. And he also promptly just, uh, declared a state of emergency and spent lots on the military, ensuring that they will have his support. Government is not the rule of one person and definitely has a lot of people that they have to appease with the income with the revenue of the country namely the police and the military as when there's social unrest and the people or they're losing the support of the people as long as you have the rule of the government and the and the police to protect you you can kind of remain in power similar to what's going on in syria with uh, bashar al-assad so what do you think uh, b what do you think is the cause of the social unrest that's going on in venezuela right now do you think it's the socialist policies whether it's social i don't i don't necessarily think it's because of socialism it might be because of downturn of oil but I think that it probably is like CIA. Yeah, well, the American government has been against uh, Hugo Chavez for a long time. Obviously, they have a law, a huge stake in the oil reserves of Venezuela. They've been fighting against Chavez for a long time. Chavez, interesting story. He led a coup d'état against uh, the capitalist government of Venezuela back in the 90s. He had two failed coup attempts, but then overthrew the government in a successful one. He was a very popular leader by enacting a whole bunch of social policies throughout Venezuela. Uh, but then he was imprisoned by the uh, coup sponsored by the CIA. Uh, he was imprisoned by, you know, some rebel leader or whatever. The people were so pissed off, they stormed the jail and busted him out and made him president again. Good job, Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez was a very popular leader throughout his reign, but he was also a very lucky one because he came in at the time when oil prices were all skyrocketing, and they basically stayed at record levels throughout his whole presidency. It allowed him to very successfully implement social policies that were very popular with the poor people of Venezuela while also paying off the military, the police, and everything to continue his support. As soon as those oil revenues dried up, it's a social system can work, but it's very expensive. It requires a lot of incoming money. And then those social programs that people have been relying on from food to uh, medicine to education, once those oil revenues collapsed, they just had no money to support it. People, people always say that. I, why isn't, where's Red Cross? Where's all these normal organizations that are, I think that there's a United States well, the US foreign policy to restrict access of those NGOs into Venezuela right now to create instability in their government. Yeah, well, I think in a normal country, you wouldn't see that there's... Why would they be running out of food? They should just have, like, any other country, like, if it needs aid, 
they get aid from other countries. Why is it not receiving aid? Well, it's because the Venezuelan government has never been popular with the United States, and now they see this is a chance to replace this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and done. they just put recent uh, sanctions on Maduro. Uh, they've been putting a sanctions on the Chavez mm-hmm. in Venezuela country for years, if not decades, mm-hmm. because you're right. They It's an oil-rich country. It's like, you know, we see it all the time. It's an oil-rich country, a socialist government with a national oil supply. That just can't happen. It's the same thing in Libya. They Not only that, well. they nationalized it. And so there's a lot of people that now live in the States, like expats, that um, weren't, weren't safe to be in Venezuela, but now they can control media and stuff like that. And that's why, like, for for example, from us doing our research on this, it's really easy. For, like, all I saw today was like, oh, all the problems that this guy's causing and everything. But in the back of my mind, knowing how the American system works and knowing how economic hitmen work... It's like classic tale of economic hitmen. Yeah. Well, just, I mean... Just, you know, starve the population until they overthrow them. Even, like, just uh, ideologically looking, or looking at it through an ideological lens, uh, the Chavez and Venezuelan government system is one that opposes U.S. interests and has forever. They're a part of OPEC. They have a national oil company and supply. Uh, they want to get rid of that socialist government as much as they want to get rid of a socialist government anywhere else. I'm sure the U.S. is definitely behind the scenes. I'm sure that they are, you know, sponsoring the downfall of it and they're not helping like through uh, Red Cross or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. What do you uh, suspect is going to happen the next few years here or the next few months? It's happening pretty quick. Uh, it's hard, tough to say. I think he'll lose power. Yeah, he'll be out of there really quick. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, the Venezuelan restaurant on White Ave. Who is closed down in solidarity against the uh, with the, the Venezuelan people in their in their struggle against Nicolas Maduro? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, he's kind of the you know I don't want to say the naughty, but land came in at a at a bad time. Like oil collapsed, it screwed him over. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I don't think he's like a naughty. I think no. He's a little bit worse. <laughs> well, I he's think definitely not con- handling it correctly. The conservatives would say he's a naughty because she's a socialist. <laughs> So, um, do you want to move on to Duterte? Yeah, for sure. Go on our uh, cruise around the the dictator world. Cruise around the world. All right. So, um, Roddy, as his friends know him as, right? Roddy Duterte. Also, uh, his his enemies know him as the Punisher. Nice. Yeah, that's a sick. That's a sick nickname. Yeah. Iron. What was he should Stalin's walk the Iron Fist? The Iron, Iron Man. The Man of Steel. Man of Steel. That's what it was. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. He got it before Superman. Did Superman name himself after Stalin? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Uh, they both had great hair. And one wears glasses. Yep. <laughs> both had great hair. Say what you will about Stalin. The man had great hair. So, um, Duterte was elected in part to promise to tackle the Philippines drug problem and tackle it he has. His anti-drug campaign has led to 7,000 deaths, including children, uh, and troubling uh, as it seems many of the killings have been of the extrajudicial variety. In his two years, or two decades, sorry, as the mayor of Davao, um, Duterte is believed to have run death squads, which dealt out uh, justice with little respect for due process. Um, there's been open wars against um, people who are drug dealers within the Philippines. He's arrested thousands, killing many more. Uh, he placed the Philippines under martial law, which extends into 2018, and is being able to use the military to strengthen his position. Uh, Recently in the news, he had several mayors who were suspected of being in the drug trade 
arrested and in shootouts with those mayors and their security teams, um, they actually just killed, I think it was three of the mayors. They were just killed in the The, the drug? Crash. The drug gangs did? The, no, Duterte killed them. Oh, he wow. accused a bunch of mayors of being drug dealers and then he just, pretty much anybody that opposed him, he just went after and had them all arrested or, or killed. That's like their boogeyman, hey? It's like here, it's like, he's a terrorist. There's, or like, he's a communist. There's like, he's a drug dealer. Well, that's a good point because we'll jump right into the Civil War. So his government troops are fighting communists in south of Manila. And they're also fighting in southern the southern Philippines against hundreds of fighters allied with the Islamic State. So they've laid siege to Marawi City since May 23rd. Communist rebels have been fighting the Philippine government since the late 1960s, so it's making uh, the movement one of the longest-running leftist uh, armed uprisings in Asia. Peace talks had been underway, but communists reportedly shot dead two soldiers who were buying supplies at a public market so in uh, 510 kilometers south of Manila on July 19th. And so that same day, Maoist fighters attacked a checkpoint on a different island. And so um, Duterte declared no more talks. Uh, and he vowed to prepare the armed forces for war by recruiting at least 20,000 more soldiers and purchasing more equipment. So he's ramping up his military. Yeah. At the same time, he is... Um, sorry, let me pull this up. Uh, he has cut ties with the United States and aligned himself with the Chinese. Uh, when he visited China last year, he famously uh, announced the Philippines' military and economic separation from the United States and declared, I realigned myself with your ideologic flow. In that same speech, Duterte asserted that there are three of us against the world, China, the Philippines, and Russia. I don't think China and the Philippines see them as an equal partner. but Yeah, uh, the axis of good. Yeah. <laughs> A visit to the White House. Uh, a seed of Western power is not going to soften Duterte's hostile anti-Western worldview. Was uh, that uh, when Trump or him? There's there's been several instances where he meeting? was he was invited and then he just never came. Yeah, I remember. Was it Trump that turned it down or Duterte who turned it down? It was One du of them was like, Tr yeah. I guess Trump invited him, but I guess it was like a cold, like icy. Hey, do you want to come over? Yeah. And then Duterte was like, No, I'm busy. Well, remember when he stubbed Obama too? Yeah, well, he called him the devil and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, Chavez did that to Bush, too. So yeah, I think like, it had racial undertones because, like, I can't mm. be seen as doing that. Yeah, I see that. So he's doing that at the same time, even more recently. So, like, this was, like, yesterday. I think he said this or a couple days ago. Ahead of the AC, or ASEAN summit. So it's, like, um, the basically all the Asian countries get together. Uh, he called the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un. Uh, he said... He is a chubby-faced maniac playing with dangerous toys. Man, I'd say that about Trump, too. <laughs> no, I said that about Kim Jong-un. I know. That seems to oh, yeah, work for both. Same, <laughs> same. Uh, North Korea last week conducted its second intercontinental ballistic missile test, which led Kim to boast that he could strike any target in the United States. U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi also will be in Manila for the Security Forum, which is hosted by the 10 uh, Southeast Asian countries. He he went on to talk more about how, and it, I mean, it's a realistic concern that, that this kind of posturing of Kim Jong-un is, if he, if he actually sets off a nuclear weapon anywhere in that region, he said it's going to cause the whole region to be dead because it'll destroy all our ability to grow crops. And it'll affect everybody in the region. It won't just affect the person that you bomb. It's going to affect all of us. I guess it depends where, but wherever they export to will definitely affect it. It'll, 
it'll hit if it hits i mean the the size of the bombs nowadays are way bigger than the ones that got hit on you know oh, Hiroshima yeah. and Nagasaki oh, so yeah. not I even mean, comparable so i don't know if it's a hydrogen bomb though it might just be a regular fission bomb but even with like even our smaller fission bombs nowadays are still oh for sure you know but it's the hydrogen that really makes it a big bomb the the hydrogen bomb um Oh, so we were talking about the drug users. Yeah, the former leader of the Philippines, so the last president, Aquino, uh, told reporters last Tuesday that during his term in 2015, stats show that there are 1.8 million drug users in the Philippines. So that's, I think that's quite high. I don't know, because the Philippines has like 200 million people that live there. Like, that doesn't seem like a lot. It's like half a percent. That's still like 1.8. Like, the aboriginal population of Canada is only like... I think it's like four percent. The homosexual population in Canada is like one percent. Yeah. So and that's like a lot of people. Still. So it has the same amount of drug users as homosexual people. I like. I don't. Think I, don't we think, have, I don't think one percent is. Right. I, I, that doesn't like, sound right. I think it's an out of control situation there with the drugs. The, with the drugs and like the drug gangs. Well, it's a majority Muslim country. And, and then I think also that um, those drugs then go to fund like that's why ISIS and Communist Party have been able to fight open wars against the government because they have tons of drug money running. Well, I think uh, like. It's a majority Muslim country, so I'm sure there's not too much drug use going on. But like it is here, I think the drug is just like this, uh, you know, give a power grab to be able to shake people down. And you can always kill – You didn't you say you could like civilians could kill each other as long as the one getting killed was a drug user? So you're yeah, like, he oh, he's a drug really user. Lax. No, I think that that's another control problem. Yeah. Like especially with that there is uh, – extra extrajudicial or like extra governmental forces that are able to operate i think it's got to have a lot of drugs running i've heard meth there is a huge problem well i know that in singapore they're really anti-drug as well but because it's one of the premier ports and trade centers in the world that's why because you know it's a it's an access weight access point i don't know if the philippines has the same kind of issue because they have a hundred million people okay so it's like one percent of the population then doesn't seem ridiculous. Doesn't seem enough to go nuts out of. I think it's just to get power. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've like, seen... look at those 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 mayors. You can just be like, oh yeah, well they're involved in the drug trade and get rid of your political opponents without just yeah, it's hard locking to say. them up. I th- I think there is. I remember reading and like seeing documentaries from years ago though that like it was a significant problem there where like um, because there've been uh, Colombians arrested there I think because they're getting. Um, uh, drugs from South America and bringing it to the Philippines, like it's a quite a. It's, I mean, it's a, and it's also a hub for a lot of other places. Yeah, the Philippines. Is. Well, imagine imagine being the Coast Guard of the Philippines. They have like five thousand islands. Yeah, like how do you like, how do you do that? Yeah. Like especially when you're broke ass Philippines. Like, oh, yeah. and so uh, I was saying about how Aquino had uh, criticized him and said like, oh, well, the drug problem hasn't changed. Like you haven't got rid of any drug users. Duterte responded by stating. Aquino said nothing happened. I mean, and this is obviously translated to English, but Aquino said nothing happened. Okay, you try going to drugs. Pinoy, and I'll cut your hair, your head off, you fool. What happened? And then expletive, stupid. Nice. <laughs> you told him. Like, I'll cut off your head if you say you're part of <laughs> drugs. Stupid. Yeah. Um... And then accuse the guy of being a drug dealer. Yeah. But then you don't know, like, I mean, the CIA is a huge drug drug dealer. So, I mean, if you actually started... CIA is the biggest... If you actually had a dictator that was like, I'm going after drug dealers, like, how many would you actually start exposing if you went through the society? Like, there's been... uh, There was that mayor in in Canada that got arrested for... uh, Rob Ford? No, it was... um, Crack addict? No, no, no. He'd he'd gotten uh, for... Not exploitation, but when you... It's 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 the same kind of word as exploitation, but when you exploit somebody for money. Oh, uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. 
Yeah. But extortion. Anyways, extortion, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was arrested for extortion along with two other like council members. So like that stuff happens in Canada, I think. I, and I just don't think, I think a lot of people look the other way. Well, I think any government is inherently corrupt, but just some are can be a lot more. <sighs> Messed up. So back to the United States. Yeah. Lots been going on around the man. world in 88 dictators. Yeah. On to the, the newest, most, the most popular, the, the biggest rating grab uh, dictator of all time. <laughs> so uh, recent news, he signed that uh, sanctions bill against Russia. Did he? Because I heard he was delaying it. He did. He no signed doubt. it. And uh, Dmitry Medvedev made a Facebook post criticizing it. Dawn, I thought we said we wouldn't. They, they're international people that are like watching the situation feel as though he wrote it in a way that makes... He wants to get under Trump's skin because he knows Trump will overreact in a situation where, like, somebody criticizes him. He'll, he overreacts, right? He gets angry and he's like, I'll do it. So basically in this Facebook post, Aid, he, like, criticized the, the sanctions. He said they were unfair, obviously. And then his third point was that these sanctions are nothing but the Congress uh, being able to tell the president what to do. The president has no power. Congress was had such an easy ability at overruling the president on this issue. It shows that the president is weak. And is like just this diss at the president. Like, oh, you let the Congress tell you what to do. And then you know how Trump will react. Well, I can no, you can't tell me that the Congress is telling you what to do because he's already mad that the Congress because kind of forced him to to sign this bill. And it's like an international rap battle going down. Oh, it's bad. This tracks it's just social media, man. They're, that's like how they're communicating. Yeah, it's wild. I bet they're Snapchatting each other. <laughs> Which they don't know how, what Snapchat is. Well, they're on the Twitter pretty good. Uh, yeah, know. well, Twitter's Twitter's kind of old school though. Yeah, it's like it's it's in. Like Snapchat is how kids like communicate now. They just Snapchat each other. I think Snapchat's already passe. I think it's done. No, I don't think so. Knowing think like so? young kids, yeah, Instagram and Snapchat are where it's at. People don't use yeah, Facebook Instagram anymore. Sure. People don't use text messaging anymore. They like text messaging is weird. People yeah. use like WhatsApp or uh WhatsApp or Snapchat. is sweet, man. Or Snapchat. It's super useful. The whole world uses it except us. Yeah, also uh old school uh, text messages, man. Well, it appears as if Donald Trump has been implicated in his son's lying. Uh the White House press secretary says any father would do that. You can't blame him on that. It's like, okay, well, maybe he shouldn't have his son as an advisor. Like, <laughs> it's such a conflict of interest. Yeah. Well, like, nobody nobody mentions that. Uh, what else is up in Trump Trump days? Uh, I, can't keep, I can't keep track of this, man. It's like scandal after scandal. There's scandal after scandal. We already went the mooch. The mooch is out. Yeah. You know why? Maybe it was because he was, he was uh, getting too much, uh, too much ratings. I think that was my favorite character, and they killed him off. Like, what? Yeah. Man, I started watching these videos about him. I guess he before Trump had ran, <laughs> he came out and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a straight shooter. Hey, this Trump guy, hey, he doesn't know anything." And he's like, talks about how he's gone. He's like, he's going bankrupt. Like, ah, I'm a straight shooter. I say what I want. Hey, Trump. He says it to the TV. He's like, "Hey, Trump, you're you're supposed to be like this millionaire. Come at me. Come at me." Well, you know what's crazy, and and then, and then he gets hired. He probably had this weird conversation where he's like, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a straight shooter. What can I say?" And Trump I'm a front like, stabber. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I stab him in the front. Stab him in the front. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. You saw that clip. That was I from did. the same clip. Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny. And you know what, though? You know what was Trump didn't like? Scaramucci might be more rich than Trump. Really? I didn't yeah. know. That. He's fucking rich. He's a hedge fund. Yeah, I knew he's a hedge fund. Yeah. yeah. And what I was just reading the other day is that. 
when you not after Trump's done with the presidency, I bet you he's got so many things signed for himself. Yeah, well, I think bet about you he's this. Just, that's what he's working right now. Is like, like how can I make the most money when I leave power as possible? Well, check this out. I just found something the other day. Scaramucci, uh, when he became got inducted into public office, he had to sell his company because of conflict of interest, right? And that's always that's the standard fare. But if you're selling your company to go into public office, you get a huge tax break because the money that you would typically pay in taxes from selling it is waived because you're going into public office. So by Scaramucci selling his billions, I don't know, so much huge hedge fund without any taxes on it, he probably made a killing. Trump's probably thinking the same thing. Um, do, do you do they have to sell it or do they just divest? Well, they're supposed to sell it or divest it. Trump really did it the roundabout way by selling he it. He said to he's kid. divested, and he said he's divested by giving it to his kids. Yeah, which isn't divesting. That's it's the, not divesting that's at the, all. Not yeah. what it is. That's I don't know how the they're family. just. He's just getting away with it. He's just like they're just like. Well, yeah. Well, it's just, I don't happening know. Though. I don't know how much longer this shrug can go on for. It's so ridiculous. The worst part is if they get rid of him or whatever happens to him, his base is just gonna go nuts. And they're thinking it's going to be the establishment, which, to be fair, it probably is. They're probably going to get rid of him. But it's like a no-win situation. He stays and it's fucked or he goes and it's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> oh, totally. But I think the real reason that Scaramucci got the can was, uh, what's his name, Michael Kelly? Is that it? The new incoming uh, chief of staff? I th- they kind of speculate that that was why he uh, didn't want him around his office, which, who would? <laughs> yeah, he's um, the new guy's going to be weird, too. Well, he has a you know a much a much deeper history than say than does say a Scaramucci or who was the chief of staff before Flynn or no Flynn was the uh, it was an advisor um, George Kelly I think his name is that's the incoming one yeah um, oh Prince or whatever it was Prince Priebus yeah, yeah Priebus yeah that's what it was Prince Priebus yeah because yeah. because I guess it was Scaramucci that wanted Priebus fired. Yeah. And so when and Scaramucci did. got in, he got Priebus fired, and then Priebus's replacement fired Scaramucci. Well, according to like these Trump supporters, that's just uh, Trump and his 4D chess that he's playing, where he brought in Scaramucci to get rid of Ryan's Priebus, because he's old school Republican, you know, like he's been, he's like establishment as fuck, so he wanted to get rid of him, so we got this, the, the mooch to do it, and then got rid of him as well. You're fired. You're Man. fired. You're fired. You know, no, that, you're you know fired. that phrase, don't attribute to malice what you can attribute to incompetence? Like, the people that think that Trump is doing this thing because he's this genius, like, it's so much easier that he just doesn't has no idea what he's doing, and that's what's going on. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure there'll be another week of scandals ahead of us. Yeah, always. Yeah. Trump. It's the, this uh, the reality show. What were we calling it last season? The Candidate? This season is really killing it. I don't know. The, like, if I was watching this as a TV That's show, sure. I would be like, this is so ridiculous. How can anyone believe it? I could believe it. Sad to say, I do. Anybody that saw Trump coming in, we should have found that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, elect a clown, expect a circus. <laughs> what else we got for headlines here? Um, That's all I got for headlines. I think that's all I got for headlines as well. Cool. Well, yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a bare bones one as a result of switching studios here into the AirQuote studio. Pretty cool. Nice one. It's a nice switch. You got any updates for us? Mm, Nope. Nope. Played a drum and bass show last Sunday down at the pint. That was fun. But uh, I'm not playing anything for the rest of the summer, so time off. Fuck yeah. Soak it in. Plan some phys ed games. Okay. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, obviously we. I'm heading out to Shambhala next week, so it won't be here next week. Hopefully, we'll be back the week after. Uh, I should be back by then. 
lots of updates, I'm sure. Lots of stuff going down. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. Make sure you keep it locked here. Gradio.ca for all your local entertainment. Got lots of podcasts coming up. Next show tonight, 8 p.m., a show called Cups and Cakes made by my homes, Jeff. He uh, talks about a lot of international and local music as well as local artists as well. So you want to keep it locked. Check that out. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. From uh, Newswire, I'm Free. I'm B. Catch us here next week, uh, 7 p.m. Probably not live, but we'll be back next time. Whenever we'll be back, we'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, everybody. We'll see you back in two weeks. Peace. Peace.